I just got stuck in a bogey train. And I imagine you just heard our intro. I got stuck on the bogey train. Welcome back to another episode. This is episode Woo! 26 of the bogey train. Come on. Um, as far as this season goes, this would be uh, the first of our s- second quarter of a hundred. Quarter so life crisis. Season yeah. two, episode yeah. one. Does that mean the bogey yeah. train is now older than all of us? Uh, uh, how old are you guys? I don't know if that's how it I'm works. 25. That podcast years. Uh, oh yeah, I guess episodes doesn't really translate exactly. But but I'm, either way, I've got I've got Jangs with me. I'm your host Nick as always. I'm always here. Uh, I've got Jangs with me, and I've got uh, an above average John there. Noah J. Not average, and, just slightly. Uh, yeah, above. He, he's here for the start of an episode. It has been a long time yeah. since we can say it is. Well, it I'm, has probably, been. I'm I'm probably going to stay here for like 15 minutes and then leave. So. I, I think it's been in the the teens since Noah's been here for the start of an episode. It's been a while. I think I don't know. I actually don't know. That might not be that hot of a take. So, you Noah, you playing any right. golf this week? This past I, week, dude, I did. I played. Um, I what day is it today? Sunday. Today is Sunday. I played yesterday morning at uh, Pine Hills Golf Course in Georgia. Shout out to Pine Hills. Twenty bucks walking. It was a little wet, threw some darts, made a lot of birdies, shot 75, had a good time. What's a lot of birdies? Four? Yeah, I made four. Why were you throwing darts if you were playing golf? Well, we we like, I like to play, I don't want to limit myself to just one game. Like, I see, I see. You know, you you mentioned that you made how many birdies? Four. Nick, did you see that Lou Stagner tweet this week? Um, oh boy. Maybe it wasn't a Lou Stagner, it might have been someone else. Uh, but I saw it this week. It was a stat that was like the, the average tour pro makes, was it, maybe it wasn't a tour pro, but it was like either average scratch. No, or average I, think, tour pro. I think, yeah, I'm guessing it was average. The, that stat where it's like the average scratch player makes like yeah, two birdies like, around makes like something. three, 3.7 birdies around. That's, I think that's cap. high. That's fat cap. Which, that's high. An average scratch is probably at like two. Yeah. Which and, they then they point out if you want to be shots. better, it's not about making more birdies, it's about making less doubles. Yeah. So that stat is like the average, whatever number they use, like 10 or 15 handicap makes like one birdie around, and the average scratch yeah. makes like two. It's just the avoiding the bogeys and doubles or well, something. He, here's what it was is the course I played, I think, tipped out at 60, like 6,300 yards. Oh, geez, that's a long course. That's a bear. 6,300 par 72. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like it was it par was 70, really- what? R72. It was okay. a, it was a really good Short course. <laughs> it was a really good test basically. So Yeah, but like, hey, you you, you said it you said it was you said it was wet conditions. So the course was probably playing at least 73. Oh, it was well, playing and, it was playing way longer than it usually does. And in about two and a half years that'll go from playing 62 to playing uh, 82 with well, yeah. the 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 MLR balls. And when those pine trees grow up, I mean like that's going to yeah. be a borderline unplayable golf course. It's going to be just impossible. No no chance. No chance yeah. Noah plays the 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 new marshmallow ball. Get out get out there while you can. Guys, I I listened to those podcasts you rec- you were talking about last episode, Nick. Okay, and yeah. Let's just get right into it cuz I just want to see if we had any like yeah, follow-up thoughts on I the do. USTA I uh, right, My my I my views have like slightly changed. 
and I'll offer two points and then I will, I will leave space for rebuttal. But first of all, what all did you listen to? Uh, I listened to no laying up, right? The no laying up one. Yeah. With Mike Wan. I listened to that as well. Yeah. A bunch of DJs on that podcast for real, (laughs) but, um, yeah, DJ Tron Carter though. I was, Tron was not on that one. Was he? I know he wasn't, but shout out Tron Carter. Neil and DJ and Sonic, of course. Here, so here's here's my take. Oh, my, here's my takeaway is I do think that the current golf balls are going too far for the current courses, and that in my perfect world the solution would be to make new courses. But it seems like the economic option would be to roll back the ball. Rather, like it costs billions of dollars to just you know to renovate all the courses. Um, but I I would be on that side still. Um, so the big issue that I still have with it was basically the issue you guys had. Like they should just make it a rule across the board. Like I have less of an issue with the rollback, but they should just make it like, that's the official ball of golf. Like you shouldn't be able to use anymore, which would be weird because like there already are existing golf balls out there that you could use. So I don't know. That's kind of the boat I fall into kind of after a week. Uh, and I said last week that I hadn't listened to anything else. I kind of wanted my views to be my own, uh, going and listening to some other stuff this week. I did kind of change my opinion a little bit, a lot from, especially that no laying up interview, uh, with Mike Wan, obviously him being with the USGA, a lot of it made it sound like it wasn't really targeted so much at amateur golf. Um, like it sounded like it was only meant to be for these elite level events like USAM stuff like that. So I don't think it will be really dribbling the, I don't think the ripple will be as large as maybe we were thinking last week. So if that's the case, you know, I, I guess it's, I'm okay with it, but you know, the, the issue is we just, there's no clarity there. There's no dead set. Like, yes, this is what we're doing. This is who it's going to affect. I mean, that's that's the one thing I want to know is what is it going to affect, and I still feel like I don't exactly have that answer. How did how did you listening to that change what you were thinking on? Like I, I still because I listened to all that before we had our conversation, so I still think like everything we said about like the trickle down is completely uh, completely valid because I had I had already taken all of that in. For what like what changed what you were thinking in that regard? Because the just the way that he was talking, I mean, he's looking at these these elite level terms like U.S. Open, U.S.A.M. stuff like that, where you know they have to go in and they have to purposely lengthen courses to make them playable for for one of those tournaments, like a U.S.A.M. for example. If there's a course that wants to host it, well, and it's not about making in, it playable; it's about having it play like they think the architect intended. Yeah. It's not about, it's not like the courses are just unplayable and they're just driving every green and it's. Yeah. One of, one of the good, it's, they don't, they don't want to have to just like grow the rough. One of the good analogies I thought they talked about was like the MLB, MLB using wooden bats, like in a perfect world, MLB stadiums would be larger, I think. And then with metal bats, but with this, you can't just make the stadium bigger now. So to like to better serve the game, it's not fun just watching him hit home runs every single at bat. So to like make the game more enjoyable, that they, overall, they changed some of the rules. 
overall, that is probably one of the closer analogy analogies when it c- comes to other sports, but it's just so hard to compare other sports to golf because like, like baseball is one of those sports where there is actually defense. And so obviously the years go on, the hitters get better and better, but also the pitchers get better and better too. So, but there's just not that aspect of it in golf. Like all of the golfers are getting better, but you can't play defense. The only defense is the course. The USGA is the defense. Yeah, I guess. And don't forget the RNA. They're in this too. We can't let them go untouched. So don't forget the NRA. Here's the thing, Jenks, is basically it's still, it all hinges on the PGA Tour. Because like I said last time, they are certainly, their intention is for the, the pro tours to adopt this. And so that causes the whole domino effect that we talked about last time. If the PGA tour accepts it, college golf accepts it. If college golf accepts it, AJGA accepts it. So there's, there's, if it goes the way the USGA wants, it will be trickling down into junior golf. But I, I just don't know if the PGA tour accepts it, if college golf a hundred percent will accept it. I, I, I'm almost certain they would. I'm almost certain they would because obviously like we talked about last time, the PGA tour university deal, right? Um, there's sort of a, a connection there between division one college golf and the PGA tour and the players that are in certain standings on the PGA tour university, they either will get their card for the PGA tour the next season, if they finish number one, or they're going to get a few starts on the PGA tour or they'll get corn fairy status and so I can't imagine Division One not uh, playing the same ball as the PGA Tour and the Corn Ferry Tour. I I also I guess just kind of the one thing too is I don't think it affects me as much. Like I I kind of mentioned last week, like if this is something that's going to affect like SDGA tournaments stuff like that, I don't see that happening. It might. I it might, but I don't see that happening. I don't think that we have this problem in SDGA events that they would have to. And the the problem is, like we talked about last week, is the SDGA needs to make that decision, and yeah. like all of these separate because there's a lot of players that play college golf that play those events. So no matter what decision these individual you know, bodies or uh, golf associations are making, they're putting someone at a competitive disadvantage. Yeah. So that's, that's why I'm with you, Noah, is that if, if they determined they ag- absolutely had to do something, you, you have to do it across the board. Yeah, you have to, you have to make every single competitive golf tournament this. And then just like, and like there are clubs out there that are illegal for play some random Joes have like the square strike wedge, which I'm convinced doesn't work, but whatever changed my mind on that. That's not legal for play in normal competition. Like there's clubs and stuff out there. That, that's not, you can make, you can have just illegal balls and then legal balls, but it, yeah, it has to be Yeah, like competitive it, golf has to be. Yeah. It, ha- it has nope. to just be. Yeah. If Everything. you're playing tournament golf, you have to have the conforming ball. It's like the wedges. Like yes. If you want to go out and rip your, you know, golf ball, you can have wedges from 15 years ago. 
that mm-hmm. b- before the rule changed. But if you want to play competitive golf, you have to have wedges. That yeah. Conform. And I, and like, I really, after thinking about it, I don't like, I just don't have that big of an issue with that. But looking at that, like people, some schmo at cattail that's using, you know, Cleveland CG 15s that are illegal per the rules of golf doesn't put me at a competitive disadvantage. Them, them using those wedges has no effect on me whatsoever. But if I'm playing a tournament at cattail where if I'm playing SDGA events and I have to use these, these rolled back balls. And I mean, it, the only way I'm going to get good with them is if I use them all the time. So if I play the same tournament where now I'm hitting a ball that goes 25 yards shorter than it would normally, that's where I'm losing my competitive advantage. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. It's, it's messy. I, I really, I really don't like it, but I mean, it's, it's the sort of thing where, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the, I the, notice, just the, the difference, golf. the difference is definitely more noticeable than, yeah. Like you said, if you're playing with a guy who's using non-conforming grooves, that's going to be different here, than a guy using a ball. That's going to, you know, go 15 yards farther than here's yours. what it, here's what it comes down to for me is I was playing golf with a guy once this was maybe six or seven years ago, this old guy. And he was like, you know, the distances are getting out of control on the PJ tour, but and the easiest solution would be to just make them all play a different ball. It doesn't go as far. And he's like, it's so simple. They'll never, but they'll, it's so, he's like, it's so simple. They'll never do it. And like me, like 16, 17 years old is like, that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard in my entire life. I hope that never happens. So part of me just really doesn't want that guy to be right. I don't know who he is. I just played with him one time, some rando, but I just like, <laughs> just, I just hate the I just hate the bifurcation. And that's a uh because, because the distance for ninety-nine point nine percent of courses and ninety-nine point nine percent of players, it's not an issue. So it's only an issue because of this, you know, point one of one percent of the golf courses that are trying to host quote unquote elite events and it but Here's a golf course question that we potentially talked about earlier, but have you guys seen the new tee box on Augusta? I think we talked about it a little bit at hole, one yeah, point. Hole 13. Yeah, on 13. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen the view from it yet? I haven't. I don't think I've seen the view from it. I it's haven't a, either. No. It's I just doubt, a really long walk. I, I heard, will. I heard Scotty Shuffler talking about it. He went and played practice really? around there. Yeah, he's basically saying what he used to do with the old tee, he would sling his three-wood around the corner. Yeah. But he said he can't do that anymore because first of all, it's too far back. So if he slings a three wood, it's right in the water. Yeah. So, so he said, and he can't just sling hook a driver because it doesn't spin enough. So he's saying he just has to basically aim straight with driver. Sure. That's, he's saying he's hitting at the same distance. It's just, he's going to have a longer shot in cause he can't, he's basically saying he can't really, he can't really go around the corner. And if he just, sure. if he aimed three wood straight, the way it was before that's about where he's trying to hit it now, but except he's just hitting driver. So, so basically there is a way in which you could hit driver that would make it around the corner. If you were able to turn it enough. Yeah. If your bubble walks. Yeah. 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 It might be easier for left-handers. Sure. Uh, Big cut. But yeah. Yeah. Cause it's well, very difficult you, to actually why do you ask about a, hook a golf ball like that. Well, I just like, I saw some aerial shots of it uh, a couple of weeks ago. It's a long like, walk oh, back there cool. from 12. Yeah, they they had to reroute a road on the other golfers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. 
kind of cool. And, and, I think, and I think, I think Augusta was a big part of the reason for why this whole USGA thing was happening. Oh, for sure. Um, Augusta sure. is was sick of having to purchase more land from Augusta, around. Augusta, Mr. St. Andrews, Augusta, uh, patron St. Andrews. Yeah. Augusta moves the needle for sure. And yeah, St. Andrews, you're definitely I think, right. I think it's a cool change though. Like I think but I am, I, wanna, I am just sick of a little bit sick of Mike Wan. Like I talked about last time, you know, when yeah, he goes out and says, uh, you know, this is for 30,000 golf courses. We yeah. talked about, no, that's nonsense. And then he went on a, a radio show a few days ago and he like, apparently, I don't know if he was hearing things he didn't like on the show and he was driving into work. He's like, I just have to call in. So he calls in, I think it was Michael Breed's show on Sirius XM PGA tour radio or something. And, uh, what was the quote? It was, I think I have it up here. Um, it just went away on me. Okay. Do you want me to just play the two minute clip or should I just kind of, before you play that, can we do a little, no, play the clip, play the clip. Can we do a little fun game. I like games. So game. Mr. Mike Wan says 30,000 golf or 33,000 golf courses, whatever. Right. Quick little Google search here. gave me this, uh, do you know how many golf courses there are in the United States? Um, no, I'm guessing it's less than that. I bet it's I bet it's thirty thousand. I bet it's like uh, it is fifteen to sixteen thousand golf courses awesome. in the United States. Do you know how many okay. golf courses there are in all of Europe? Ten thousand, probably nine thousand. Similar. So that's worldwide. Oh, he's talking about every so course in the entire world. He, he's basically. basically talking about every single course in the world. It sounds like now. See, Mike Wan is the biggest degen out there. I don't trust the thing he says. Yeah, he's he's just turning into a politician. I know. Yeah. Also, if you're calling to a radio show because of something you don't like, that's just like that's like oh. you're you're like a dude version of a Karen. Like imagine I, and so I don't trust imagine how many calls we would get for the show. Yeah, he'd be calling so every a lot of it seconds. started. A lot of it started because obviously Rory, whichever day it was of the match play, he hit that crazy drive on the last hole. Like it was 375 yards. He drove it on the green within like four feet. I'm sure you guys saw that highlight going around. Yeah, right? it was sick. And so it caused so many people to be like, oh, wow, like, you know, sarcastically, it, this is just terrible for the game. I would hate to see the golf <laughs> ball get rolled back and all, you know, like, yeah. So there was just a lot of sarcastic comments, like crazy that the USGA wants to take this out of the game and everything. So that's what led him to call into this radio show. I guess you want me to just play it? Yeah, play the clip. Just play it. Run the clip. Drivable plus four more than us. We love the game right now. I, I watched that last night and loved every second of Rory doing that. So let's just do the four examples. So for example, if this were to go in place in 2026 and the PGA Tour still wants that to be a drivable par four, they're going to take the tee boxes, they're going to move them up 15 yards, and Rory's going to do the same thing he did last night. Now the difference is Rory's kids and his kids' kids, if athleticism continues to grow, which we both know is true, I don't want to, I don't want to hinder athleticism. I don't want to hinder advancements. I want to watch the people continue to grow, but I don't want to watch the golf course have to go buy another 17 acres of land just before Rory's kid did. So if we implemented this, the PGA Tour still wanted scoring to be as low or lower than ever. If college, golf, corn, ferry, anybody who implements this, they can pick up their tees and make this a complete non-issue as it relates to scoring, excitement, drivable par fours. And, uh, and the difference is we've, uh, we put something in place that Rory's kid can accept and Rory's kid's kid can accept as opposed to saying the 30,000 golf courses around the world, you know it and I know it. But you better figure out an investment plan because uh, because it's coming. And if you want to keep up with the elite level of golf, you better find another 30 yards in the next 30 years. It's, uh, and if anybody argues with that, including you, Michael, 
you either don't care about the history of what's happened in distance or you're arguing against yourself, which is athleticism, speed training, uh, in- enhancements are all coming. And quite frankly, they're exciting in the game. Uh, distance is worth pursuing. It's an advantage that, that's good in the game, and, uh, and the game certainly creates that as an incentive. We don't want kids or, or future, to, future players to not be, uh, not be pursuing it. We just want to make sure that that pursuit doesn't require golf courses all around the world to have to uh, continue to make changes. We'll never build a golf course next to a city again with all kinds of golf courses that are completely landlocked for all kinds of reasons. And yes, we've all got a few golf courses in our community where we go, that's a great old track. It's a shame. We can't play anything big there. And that's okay. I'm not saying the sky is falling, but that list is only going to get longer the next 20, 40, and 60 years. And we just have to decide as an industry do we just not care about that? So I'm not, I've never been about scoring. I'm not about trying to make the game more difficult. This is not a, this is not some big coup because we don't like the, how many under somebody is. Nobody loves the drivable car four more than us. We love the game right now. I, I, I mean, that last night and that's fair. I don't know why he's bringing Rory's kids, kids into the discussion, but how that's fair. He, he mentions 20, 40, 60 years. How much farther does he think people can hit the ball? So like, is he just expecting it, it, every single tour player in the next 60 years to be swinging like Kyle Berkshire and trying to hit it 400 or what's going on? So like we talked about last time with the study period, uh, looking back, you know, 40 years, basically the average over those 40 years, if it was completely linear is about a yard a year, like we talked about. Yeah. But obviously, you know, it, you know, there's, it jumped significantly after the Pro V1, right? From you know '96 to '06, roughly. There was a huge, like a, a a huge jump there, and then a bit of a a bit of a plateau. And so it's a little bit. So he's basically, you know, just projecting it into the future, another yard a year, uh, on average for the PGA Tour. Which I don't know. That's that's probably not actually accurate i I don't think that's reasonable especially if you don't either i don't either like even if i just look at obviously this website the pga website doesn't have data from 2019 to now but if you look from from 2013 to 2018 average driving went up seven yards uh the leaders driving average went up 11 yards um but we kind of pointed out last week, we're kind of at this stage where there's not a lot more you can do with the golf ball to make it go farther. The drivers are pretty much maxed out where they are um, with like with the face and the, the uh, MOI and stuff like that. You can't really make the drivers go that much further. No, it's, I don't, I don't think it's really going to be. Yep. Yep. I agree. And And, yeah, go for it. uh, Like, like I kind of said, tour players are not going to get to the point where they're swinging like long drive pros trying to hit a 400. Because I mean, you, not, you, when you're, you're swinging that this. fast, when you're swinging that fast, the misses are too big to play uh, competitive golf. Like who yeah. are the longest hitters on tour? It's like Cameron Champ and Brandon Matthews. And yeah. those guys are terrible. I mean, okay, I shouldn't say they're terrible, but relatively speaking, compared to the rest of the PGA Tour, you know, those guys aren't, you, you would think, oh my gosh, he's the longest hitter on tour. He has such a huge advantage. Well, your misses are so much more uh, pronounced the the higher your speed is. 
And obviously some of the best players in the world hit it pretty far and they figured out how to control it. Obviously distance is an advantage. I would never say it's not, but it's not a one-to-one correlation as if you can, if you can hit 190 ball speed, you're going to be one of the best players in the world. That's just not how it works. Yeah. And you know, just kind of going with my point too. average distance in 2018 was 295 for tour pros, 295 this year. So thus far on tour, the average driving distance is 297. So in five years, we've gone up two yards. That's that's not a lot of change over mm. that five years. I mean, two yards is what? It's like, like six miles an yeah. hour of of yeah. ball speed. And I just I just wouldn't mind. I don't know. I mean, I, I heard Drew talk about maybe addressing the drivers instead. You know, a lot of companies are trying to push it further and further with MOI and forgiveness so that it might not matter as much where you hit it on the face. And so a lot of players sort of just swing all out and just they know that the ball is going to go relatively straight. I don't know. And then, you know, of course, he said in that video, you know, all these courses are going to have to add 17 acres if they want to keep up with, even though last time i mean we talked in their own in their own study on distance they said that the average course i mean all the courses that they mm. looked at there there's not anything of statistical significance of courses increasing their footprint also that have, that have added length due to also, distance also here's a thought if the if the uh if the rule is proposed for elite tournament play only so like the top courses those aren't the courses that are getting outgrown it's like you're neighborhood Joe Schmo course is getting outgrown and they don't care. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Augusta's going to do what Augusta thinks they need to do in order to keep up with, yeah, with the distance. I don't know. It's, uh, and then he just says, you know, if you're arguing against this, you either are ignorant of the history or don't care or all this stuff. It's just, and then again, I've never, I've never once heard him address the thing we've addressed about the sort of amateur players that are right in the middle. So I've never heard him once address it. That's, that's my biggest concern is the, you have people that play a lot for fun, but then, you know, a few times a year, they do try to qualify and play in elite competitions, not because, you know, they see a future as a pro and they're, you know, trying to make a living at this game, but mere, like just because they love the game and like to compete. And, you know, in doing so, they sign up for these USGA events and, you know, pay all this money in support of the USGA. And then this is, you know, what the USGA throws back at them. And, you know, like you pointed out, he says, if there's someone who's against this, like they don't, they don't know the history. They don't know what's to come. Uh, But people like, like us, you know, for us, it's maybe just not an issue. Like we, he points out, like, we don't care about scores. We don't care about how far under par people shoot then what's what's the point like adding 30 yards to a golf or not even adding distance to a golf course and just letting people hit 30 yards further it's not doing anything to the golf course it's like yeah it's it's just i don't i don't think it's a huge issue i can see maybe why people in like in the usga or in the rna uh Kind of because you pointed out at the start, like St. Andrews, why they would think it's an issue because, of course, like St. Andrews just got absolutely demolished last year. But, you know, that's that's 
just the game like it developed and courses have been now out outdated yeah and i mean what he said i think it was low-hanging fruit because you had so many people saying you know because of that super cool rory drive like see the usga is trying to take this out of the game and everything and i mean i even looked at all those comments and even though i probably agree with them on the rule i mean i i just kind of cringe because it's okay that's not a good argument like if they want even if they come out with this new ball and they want a par four to be borderline drivable, then they'll move the tees up. Like that's not a good argument, but it's just, um, you know, seeing the sort of dismissive nature of, you know, the USGA sort of, I don't know. I, and, and, you know, if they say, well, it's not about protecting par or scores or anything like that. Like, I agree with you. It's like, okay, then what, what is it for then? If, if, if you don't want players coming in with shorter irons to par fives, like what's the, what's the result there? It's lower scores. And if that's what you're, that's what you think makes the golf courses obsolete is the players shooting lower scores there. It is about scores. Don't tell me it's not about scores. Yeah. Facts. Right. That's at least a big part of it. I and, mean, it's gotta be, it's and, like, why, you know, yeah. why, why are some of these courses getting, you know, seemingly obsolete for elite competitions? Well, it's scores, right? Well, I mean, to be fair, like, I remember, was it last year? Uh, it was like uh, the tournament in Hawaii. Cam Smith, was it? One with like 30-something under? 34 under. Yeah. 34. And then... Don't tell me it's not about scores. Yeah, no. And, then, well, Juan. Then, and then the uh, and then TPC, uh, the players, I think last year, there was like a super windy day. And it was There was one super hard. windy day. Yeah. And that was by far the most entertaining round of all the days. It's like, it's fun it's more fun the harder it gets it really is because when they do good it's like wow that was sick that was really hard see here's what i think the argument would be from the usga or the rna on this is that it's not about scores uh it's about like we've said making the course play as intended which a side effect of that would obviously just be higher scores yeah because i mean with people hitting it now they're hitting it over some trouble, uh, you know, hitting it over bunkers that are maybe meant to be in play. Bless you, by the way. Thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> which now if they bring the golf Good ball back, it's going to bring I'm that moved. trouble back in play, which is what they want. And it's just going to be the side effect is going to be higher scores. So it's probably a little bit of, you know, directly is that their concern? No. But are they going to be mad when the scores get higher because more trouble's in play? No. Yeah. That's fair. I'm yeah. Nick, speaking of uh qualifying tournaments, you've got one coming up, right? Yeah, I do. On yep. the old stomping grounds. Yeah, that's that's where it is uh as of now. I'm I'm still floating the idea of moving it to Sioux Falls, but as of now, I'm I'm signed up for TBC Twin Cities. I was talking to uh Caleb, our other buddy from the golf team, one of the other buddies from the golf team. And he's like, dude, you should play in that tournament. I'm like, I'll be in Georgia. He's like, fly up for it. I'm like, what? I'm going to fly up to go shoot what? 78 at TPC Twin Cities and then not qualify for anything? <laughs> dude, I'm not for, doing that. He's he's not the... the sp- when he signed up, 
he was like literally the last man in the field. Like when he, <laughs> when he was on, he was calling me, he was on the USGA website. Like, how do I do this? And meanwhile, there's two spots open in the event. So there's okay? one spot. So there's one spot still open. So you're saying that was, that was like three or four weeks ago. And now he's telling you, Alternate, you should maybe. play in the event like, as, if, <laughs> as if it didn't fill up like two hours after he, he signed I was up. Like, I was like, yeah, I was like, I don't know about that. I would love to, I love that course, but yeah, that'll be very interesting. If I, I actually play it there, to I don't see know how logistic. What I, what I well, shoot. if you if you leave, I'll, I'll take your it. spot. I'll vlog <laughs> it. Well, and you know, speaking on the USAM, wasn't there another announcement this week with the US Amateur? Yeah, qualifiers actually, was, and stuff like I was, that. I was going to talk about that. Yeah, should we? Are, are we done with the golf ball stuff? Should I just get into that? Or yeah, the golf ball is. I don't even know anymore. Again, like I, like I've said, I. I still don't like it, but if they absolutely had to do something, it, I mean, I would be able to figure out how to adjust. It's just, I think it has to be across the board. I don't think you can have this sort of, this sort of, you know, half and half situation. And who's to, who's to care, like how many 10 to 20 handicappers would care if they lost 15 yards of distance? Well, some hit it so bad they wouldn't notice. That's the thing. Most hit it bad enough that they probably wouldn't notice. Like it's if they're gonna do it, just do it for everybody and just make it level. But yeah, I just I'm sick of the stuff coming out. You know, all these courses are gonna have to add 17 acres when over the study period it, there was literally no increase in the footprint of golf courses, even if they took measures to keep up with distance. There was actually a slight decrease. So, um, you know, he says, well, you just don't care about the data. If you, if you are arguing against this, like, well, you're not even going with the data about, you know, golf courses, adding all this. I mean, there's golf courses other than Augusta national that exist. It's data. I'm just, actually. I'm just, I'm just wondering if he knows that. So yeah, it's data, all right. but that's all right. On to, uh, the USGA is on fire. So, um, they just recently announced some changes to the qualifying process for the U.S. Yeah, amateur. Pretty pretty soon, we're not even going to be able to recognize this game after all these USGA changes. Yeah. So, did you guys? Did you? I imagine. I imagine you didn't look at this, Noah. But Jennings, did you happen to? Yeah, I read it read, read through this. I uh, I read it. I wasn't. I didn't really make sense of a lot of it. A lot of it kind of flew over my head. Um mainly because like this isn't something that i usually like i've never played a usam qualifier never played a junior m qual a us open qual so it's it's not something that i'm really even familiar with in the first place so a lot of it kind of went over my head but i did read it okay so so yeah you've you've caddied for me a couple times when i tried yep so it was always just a it was one day it was 36 holes and however many players were in the field at a given, um, at a given qualifying site, that would depend, that would determine how many, how many people would move on to the actual amateur. Um, I think the, this ones I played it, they might've been like an 80 some man field and maybe two people would qualify for the amateur. I'm not exactly sure the, the numbers, but they're changing it now. So instead of one day, 36 holes for the qualifying sites, it's, uh, it's a two stage qualifying. So it's an 18 hole qualifying. And then if you move on, it's another 18 hole. So it's a lot more like the U S open. 
And um, they changed it so that uh, the way it used to be is the top 50 in the world amateur golf ranking, the Wagger, automatically are exempt. And they changed that from 50 to 100. So um, essentially, it there are a, a lot less openings for players who are like, you know, maybe not elite uh, amateurs that are basically professionals in training, right? So either top college players or just like top amateurs around the world. So there's a lot less spaces open for people that aren't them. And it's a lot harder to, to qualify essentially. Um, and there's going to be less qualifying sites, I think. So less qualifying sites, less spots up for grabs for normal people that are playing in these qualifiers and it's a two-day, two-stage qualifying process instead of one day. So that's sort of the... Um, and there's another interesting piece here. Establishment of local exemptions, which include top finishers in USGA championships, uh, state or allied golf association amateur championships, and top 600 Wager, uh, so world amateur golf ranking players. So there's a few other like local exemptions. I'm not sure what that would mean. Like if it was like a, like if you won the state amateur of some allied golf association, like if, if then you would get an exemption into the USAM, I'm not sure exactly what that means, but um, so yeah, what, what is your, what is your take on that? Uh, Noah, you want to go first? Uh, I'd like to just say that I really like the way you say essentially, Nick. Can you say that say for me? I probably okay. say essentially a lot. Yeah. I just like how you emphasize the E at the beginning. It's like essentially, like a lot of people say essentially, and it's like, that could be a U or an A or an O. And, but with you, it's like, I know it's an E. So I just wanted to say that I appreciate that. So um, essentially this doesn't, <laughs> this doesn't really affect Noah. Yeah, it really it, doesn't. It, it doesn't yeah. really affect me either. Um, you know, if I had to give an honest take on this, it would be really that sure sounds cool. Cause it doesn't like, it's never going to affect me. I will probably never get to a stage where I ever will go into a U.S. amateur or U.S. open qualifier thinking I have a chance or a U.S. amateur qualifier, I guess. Uh, so it really, like, I will never have to deal with this, so it doesn't necessarily affect me. I think of all the people in here, it probably affects the most is probably you, Nick. You, Nick. Not Munich, as in yeah. Germany, but. I mean, like I said, it's, it just uh, seems like it is now just another college event, basically, because the way to – it's pretty skewed how you know certain events get uh, wagger points, and college golf has a lot of wagger points, a Division One basically. And so it's just going to be kind of a, a college tournament. It, I mean, they're trying to make it more so that it's just an event for the, the top amateurs that are basically pros in training. And um, so, yeah, it it definitely bugs me a little bit, considering I still like to play these qualifiers. It just makes it hard for the average person because, you know, an average person isn't going to have Wager, a Wager ranking. 
most likely. I mean, no one that has that's a normal person is playing enough amateur events to have a, a world amateur golf ranking. And it's just a lot harder to qualify. You gotta, you gotta get through two stages now and it's taking a, an extra day off of work to do this sort of thing. You know, instead of before it was just, you know, one day, 36 holes. And if you have a really good day, you get to play in the amateur and yeah, I mean, it's just the past couple of weeks, it just seems like it is the the players in the category that I would find myself that the USGA is sort of uh, thrown under the bus. Yeah, sucks to suck. Yeah. Uh, and me being the being the good investigative journalist that I am, I I responded to one of the USGA's tweets a few weeks ago or a few days ago. And I, I think said, I saw well, that response. I said, why do you hate amateurs? And I have yet to hear back from the USGA. So maybe we'll have to get Mike Wan on our show. Uh, maybe you should just start tweeting at the USGA with links to last week's episode. And eventually it will uh, get to Mike Wan and he will want to come on our show well, and we ask we, him these questions. If we say enough controversial stuff, he'll just call in himself. So that's why, yeah, we have to go back to the live radio show. Cause we just, just gotta, call in. Yeah, we just got to start saying a bunch of random stuff that he'll really disagree with. He'll be like, no, no, no. You ha- you guys hate golf. We'll be like yeah. Mike. I hate when uppity, stuck up, preppy <laughs> little jack wagons like you exactly facts. are trying to take Free. golf away from the common man. I'll be like Mike. What kind of last name is Juan, and why do you spell it like that? And maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe this Mike this just isn't what they're food. going for. But it seems like the amateur game has kind of been a, a huge part of what the USGA is. Yeah. And, and golf the fact in that, you know, there's, there's people that just love playing the game and like to play competitively and, you know, test their skills in competition. And, you know, I'm a normal guy, have a normal job, but then, you know, if, if one day I just have a really, you know, if, if you just play really well, you can get into one of the biggest events in the world. And not that that's not possible anymore. It's just like making it a lot harder. And with these last, few things the usga i mean they're just making it a lot harder for people like me to continue to support them by playing in their events and qualifiers is the long and short of it i mean i've been thinking about quitting golf for pickleball for a long time so pickleball is fun i love pickleball. this might push this might put me push me over I the love edge pickleball yeah and i've heard pickleball edge. has a has a governing body that's uh you know not making decisions like this so yeah they, they the, love their players it's the pick it's the pickleball enterprise it's the pba uh, the P- pickleball association. No, it's the pickleball. <laughs> it might actually be. It's the picker pickleball enterprise for the no PBA tour. Okay, just <laughs> shut up. It's the PBJ, I think, something like that. Pickleball jam. Pickleball journey right here. Pickleball, yeah, <laughs> Nick. I love Uncrustables, by the way. Except for the red ones. It's actually the miss, IF it's the IFP. I miss me with okay. the International Federation for Pickleball. Is that that is what it is. No <laughs> way. International? I was trying to come up with I a, a genius that. abbreviation that Good. would be like pick pickleball enterprise for PB&J. no uh intellectual study. Good for pickleball. Also short crossing, for P N I S. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I would appreciate that. Good okay. for pickleball crossing borders in uh so yeah, you know, I just felt like I uh bringing yeah, the world come, closer together. 
taking a couple of haymakers from the USGA over the past few weeks. So I just wanted to vent about it a little bit. Yeah, it was uh, the IFP was created to act as the world governing body for the sport of pickleball founded in 2010. That's great, man. Uh, should we move on? Wait, can I, can you tell us a little more information about that actually? Yeah. Uh, pickleball. If you don't know how it works, it's instead of a ball, it's actually a pickle. No, I've played. No, I know. I know how to play. You don't have to tell I, me. I, how do, to play. I do. I do too. It's, you, pickleball. You, you go to Walmart. Basic, you, get the mo- you get the most spherical pickle you can find. I've I've played it. I'm not. I, I don't. I'm not ignorant of the sport. Is it basically how you guys would describe it? As if tennis and table tennis had a child. It, it's sure. kind of like it's like cucumber ball, but it's got a little bit more vinegar in it. It's like oh if gosh. tennis and table tennis had a child, but that child grew up to be as good at the sport as Mike Juan thinks Rory McIlroy's second kid will be at the sport. It's a phenomenal. That actually game. makes it a lot more clear. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> You're welcome. Rory McIlroy's grandkid, actually. Yeah, apparently, this guy's going to so, be a, a golf phenom, an absolute yeah. athletic legend. But And actually, really interesting you said that because in the Netflix documentary, it showed um, McIlroy talking about how his daughter Poppy says, I hate golf. So really interesting for Mike Wan to bring yeah, up we'll Rory's kids and grandkids after considering his only kid apparently hates golf. So. And also like, why did he go two generations down? I've only, never heard anyone say, don't you only just say kids kid? so far because, because Mike Wan is the savior of golf for the future generations in case you didn't <clears throat> pick up on that. Yeah, I agree. So, Remember when Rory Mike was dating Wan. Caroline Wozniacki? Mike Wan, I eat something. Yeah, crazy. crazy they, they were engaged and then he broke it off. Crazy times. Yeah. Probably because he knew they'd have a kid that would love skiing more than golf. And right, he's a DJ. And that's a he's DJ. Should, we talk, should we talk match play? Let's talk Uncrustables. Sure. All right. I would love um, to. Sam Burns wins the match play. He sort of had a uh, really slow Woo-hoo. start to the year, but I, I was, was starting just, to play a little bit better last week. And then match play just gets hot. I was a couple of weeks early. Yeah. You picked him for Arnold Palmer, didn't you? I was either the Arnold Palmer or the players. Um, I think it was Arnold Palmer. And I was just a couple weeks early. I thought his breakout was going to come there. Turns out it just takes a few weeks to get warmed up a little bit, and then you can win the match play. Uh, but no, huge for Sam Burns. Gets him in the top 10 of the world ranking. Uh, nothing else really to say about Sam Burns because he's Sam Burns. Yeah, he's Sam Burns. And I also didn't watch much of the golf, so... Uh, there's nothing much I can say about uh, as well over the weekend because I was depressed by what happened on Friday, but we'll get, we'll get to that. Rest in peace. Um, and uh, so that's my background. I've, obviously this is a, uh, this is just an audio podcast. I know you guys can see that uh, my background today is just uncrustables because uh, Sam Burns was one up through six in the championship match and then eight and uncrustable and then won five of the next seven holes in yeah. uh and won six and five in the championship match so um i mean i don't big, think i don't think anyone's big doubting guy. yeah i don't think anyone's doubting the value of an uncrustable but it is good to see it pay off especially like to the level that it did pay off you it, can expect yeah. a couple birdies after that but i mean it, you know probably that 6 grams of protein probably added a few miles an hour to his yeah. swing so it's just more and more likely that we're going to have to roll back the golf ball now so maybe we have to ban uncrustables instead we're going to have to roll back the uncrustables <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. going to have to we're knock them down to 3 grams instead Thanks. of 6 back back like they were in 1992 <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, yeah before our athleticism got out of control yeah, we're yeah, going to have to roll they, back the Uncrustables for sure before they changed the content of the jelly and the peanut butter to add more protein 
You know, this is another what a sham. Another golf crisis that I saw this week is, uh, you know, some in-depth study going on that only there's only now one player in the top 50 in the world that wears a visor. So, are we going to have to start rolling Ooh, back the we, hat? Can we guess who it is? I'm sure Jenks knows it, who it is. Isn't it Keith Mitchell? Yeah, it's Keith Mitchell. Oh. <clears throat> um, so, do we have to start rolling back the hat? Yeah, we got to start saving money on the fabric. Well, companies are going to have to start saving money on the fabric for all that R&D they're going to have to do on this new golf ball. So visors will probably make a comeback here in the next three or four years. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if like a company that doesn't make a golf ball is is just going to like start to own the market of the MLR ball, like Cobra. Cobra is going to have the best MLR ball or like ping. Yeah. I I will tell you, I will tell you in in 2026, do not buy Bridgestone tires because all their R and D is going to go into their golf ball that their tires are just going to falter. You're going to get a, a blowout on the side of the highway and then you're not going to make it's a tea time. So, so make sure, need. make sure you use Goodyear instead of a uh, Bridgestone. Shout out to the uh, Uncrustables. Burns takes down Cam Young in the final match, six and five. Uh, he actually, he beat Scheffler in 21 holes, right? In the, uh, in the semifinal this morning. And uh, yeah, of course uh, we missed out on the Sh- Scotty Scheffler versus Rory championship match, which is what most people wanted. Uh, we got it in the third place match, even though nobody really cares about that. Rory beats him. I think two and one to finish third. Scotty gets fourth. Um, Rory's back. He's driving it like a maniac again. All he had to do was cut a half inch off his driver. Apparently. Is that all he did was take a half inch off? I think, yeah, he was playing a half inch shorter driver and he's like, ah, I feel like I can just swing free now. And this week he was absolutely pummeling it down the fairway. Well, yeah, you drove that one green, and now we have to really listen to more discussions about the golf ball. So, yeah, yeah, now Absolutely. we gotta, now we gotta start using our marshmallow, um, Jack Wagon. Scotty Scheffler is Scotty Scheffler, and he's gonna win the Masters for sure. And, um, yeah, anything else on those top four guys? Uh, Scotty Scheffler, he is who we thought we, he uh, he was. Yeah, I definitely thought he was gonna defend his title this week. It uh, looked very likely are, after kind so, of the start he had. So as far as his wins from last year, he did defend at Phoenix. He got like second or fourth or something at Arnold Palmer. And then he was in the, uh, he got to the final four of the match play. So clearly he's very good at defending his title. So I, there's no way he won't be in contention at Augusta is what I'm saying. Well, good thing you can't hit that three wood at uh, on 13 anymore. That might take him out of it. I don't think so. He he's he's going to be there. I think no matter what. Um, yeah. What do we th- what do we think? Is Rory gonna is Rory gonna give it a run to complete the career Grand Slam? We can maybe Masters week. We can talk more about this. But um, I hope so. It sounded like when he played a he played a couple of rounds there this week and he was absolutely lighting it up with the putter. He was playing really well. I think I saw that one of his rounds he played he 19, 19 putts. In one of his rounds, suppose so that's kind of the word on the street. He didn't really confirm or deny it, but he someone asked him about it. He's just like, "Yeah, I was playing pretty good." That's all he said. Um, I could care less about these top four guys because there's one guy, uh, two guys actually, who made the quarterfinals. Couple couple names we forgot about. One Jay Sunday. Quarterfinals oh, I didn't, this week. I didn't forget about Jay Sunday. Quarterfinals this week. And, I've had uh, my eyes on him at, since for. Months now. Another guy, we're talking about Scotty Scheffler made, and him. Yeah, he made the quarters, yeah. He uh, he did not defend at the Arnold Palmer because this guy named Kurt Kitayama came in and won. 
Kurt Kitayama made the quarterfinals this week too. Kurt so that's, Kitayama. that's huge to see. Uh, Shoffley was playing really good. Yep, he Rory was there. just barely beat him. Um, Matt Kuchar made it yeah. to made it. He to always the round plays well in the match play. I don't know what it is. Yeah, he was one win away from uh, beating Tiger's all-time record for wins in this event, but it is skewed now because of pool play. We got yeah. to keep that in consideration. Yeah, we got to roll back the match play too by getting rid of it. Oh. Apparently, apparently we have to roll back the match play. Um, who else? Didn't uh, Mackenzie Hughes? Mackenzie Hughes the, made it out of groups. He made it to the uh, the final four, or the no, not the final four. Eight, the eight, 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 right? Yeah, lost Sam Burns. Yeah, he he beat Homa, didn't he? Yep. And Max Homa. Uh, talk about can't unfortunate. Lay. We got to talk about Max Homa in an unfortunate way. Um, did you see that video flying around of him taking forever on that five foot putt? I I just saw the. The, it was a bad look. Like the screen grab, and I saw that it was something roasting Max Homa, and I volunteer, volunteered not to watch it because I didn't want to it see It was a Max very, very bad look. He, it was like a four-foot putt, roughly, and it was just a video of his aim point routine. It was painful, and he was tagged on it numerous times on Twitter. He, he actually tweeted out. He said uh, – he posted – he reposted the video. He said, I got tagged in this. We'll work on speeding this process up. So, I mean, he owned up to it, but it was not a bad look for uh, social media's darling. It was not a good look for visors this week either. Keith Mitchell didn't win a match. Ricky tried to give it to him at the end, but. Yeah, he really, well, Ricky just knew that he was, he couldn't make the, uh, the round of 16. So he just gave up. Kevin Kisner lost to a guy in his group that withdrew from the tournament. So that's always ideal. Oh, we got to talk about actually uh, Max Homa's more recent tweet. Speaking of pickleball, uh, so someone, so Max Homa tweeted out whatever extra prep day for the Masters. Okay, and someone said, "Have stopped following you for your very, very slow play." <laughs> and and then he responded, <laughs> took a picture, took a screenshot of this guy's profile, and his bio just says pickleballer with two exclamation points, and it's and it says follows you. So Max Homa just like reposted it. Oh, you can't see that. Uh, uh, me. You can't see that. But he basically drew arrows to the part where it said the guy follows you. Yeah. So he kind of put him in a body bag. Homa no. continues to be electric on social media. I uh, I want to skip to another guy. I'm just kind of scrolling through the group here. Uh, I'm going to make the executive decision on the podcast that we are going to give this week's bogey train of the week to Maverick McNeely. Not because he okay. made a lot of bogey, not a lot of bogeys, but because he lost eight and six uh, in his first match to Sung JM. That's a tough look. And in that, that uh, match, he made one, two, three, four, five, six bogeys in 12 holes. So, well, you know what? I might have to actually dispute that bogey train of the week. Oh, can't wait to hear um, it. I might have to give it to John Rahm because obviously we were pulling per, pulling for Ricky, right? Ricky won his first match against John Rahm, shocking the world. It was mostly due to Rahm not playing well. He missed some short putts. But Ricky, either way, beats John Rahm, the number two player in the world. Round two loses to Billy Ho, who also made it to the 16, who we didn't mention. Um, and so in the final, in the in the third round of pool play, Ricky needed to win and have Rom either beat or tie Horschel. 
So that's what Ricky yes. needed. He just couldn't have Horschel win. And Ricky goes out, takes care of business. And the one time I've ever cheered for John Rahm, as in like, actually, like I need John Rahm to play well. He is bogey free five over par and loses five and four. So through 14 holes or no, Bird, birdie free. Birdie free. Oh, yeah. okay. Sorry. I was like, birdie free. Like, Explain that one to me. Birdie free five over par. And when, <laughs> when, when, you know, myself and all the other, uh, Ricky diehards absolutely needed him to take care of Billy Horschel in that round. Nice. And, uh, he goes birdie free five over through what 14 ha- holes. What happened to Rom in this tournament? He, he was just, putting like garbage. Yeah, he, he made, his he made two ever? doubles in his match with Billy Hull. He had a, he had a lot of three putts. Yeah, and he's the kind of guy where not a good look. Obviously, he's a great player, one of the top three in the world. He's all right. Um, but like in this match play, it just seems like when a few things happen that kind of go not his way, he almost shuts down and really gets rattled. Uh, it happened against Ricky, and it happened against Billy Ho, and it's it's like, dude, just just pull it together. Like I just had a terrible feeling going into it that Billy Horschel is just going to be a better match play player. And unfortunately I was right. And Ricky, we can't blame this all on John Rom. Ricky had a chance. He could have, you know, beat Billy yeah, Horschel if, himself. If he would have tied, tied or beaten Horschel. You're right. Um, Ricky just didn't have it in that match. Needs to, he needs to hit it straighter off the tee for sure. Horschel just, Horschel's a solid golfer. Um, you know, I, I've always liked that about Horschel. He's pretty consistent. Uh, he's yeah. a pretty steady guy. Like I can't you know, stand his putting routine. He he didn't make a can't. bogey against Ricky. Um, oh, Horschel's neck. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the worst. He That's didn't terrible. make a bogey against Ricky. He, like, he shuffles his feet. Tied Keith Mitchell. Yeah. Didn't right. make a bogey against Keith Mitchell. Um, and then only made one bogey against John Rahm. So in three matches, he made one bogey. One bogey in three matches. That's not. Yeah, bad. that's like, just that's, that's just infuriating. He he's he's very consistent. He's a solid solid player. Uh, ended up making it through the groups. He lost in the first round in Cam Young. Yep, Cam Young. He ran into a a hot force. Yeah, that's the Cam that Young. that's the one thing that's almost a little like consolation out of this because if Ricky would have gotten out of group stage, he wasn't beating Cam Young this week. No. So as much as I hate would, to say that, but then he would have just fallen one match short of probably getting the world ranking points to get into Augusta. I, but, I guess uh, I, I talk about Billy Horschel being consistent and then he plays cam young, uh, cam young makes one, two, three, four, five, six birdies in their match. Horschel makes three, six bogeys in their match. Yeah. Yeah. So, that was, I do remember checking on that one a little bit. That was ugly. Um, so kind of tough for Ricky. We so, hate yeah, to see that. So yeah, Ricky comes up short, doesn't get the world ranking points he needs to get into Augusta. Now the only way he can is if he wins at the Valero Texas Open this upcoming week. So who is a? It's going to be a good thing. Let's look who's in the field for this because uh, probably Spieth. We're hoping for I'm a sure. terrible field. Schedule. I don't know. Like I, I think he's gonna play well this week, but I just, I don't, I don't know if he's, if he's back enough to actually feel good about him. If he's somehow in the mix on Sunday, he's still a little bit shaky. Akshay's in the field. Nick's favorite guy, Eric Cole, is in the field. Oh boy, Duff Daddy, uh, Ricky Duffner's playing some horrible golf. Lucas Glovey is in the field. Um, 
All right. Any other uh, surprises or disappointments from the match play? I had some in my head when I typed that out, but now I can't even remember. No Jordan Spieth this week. Oh, wow. No Jordan. Well, let's look at the um, OWGR quick. Uh, Tyrrell Hatton's in the field. Hideki, Sepstraka, Chris Kirk, Siwoo, Montgomery, and Keith Mitchell. Wait, let me let me pull my bracket. I filled out a bracket this year for the match play. I had I had Victor Hovland winning it all. So yeah, he almost Victor. made it. That was, a little, that, was a little, that was a little bit of a disappointment there. Yeah, I had, I had I had him playing Zalatoris in the final. So if that dude Zalatoris is not no, don't pick <laughs> Zalatoris for anything in the near future. It, it was really a dark struggling. horse. It was a dark horse for sure. I don't know but, if you guys saw me celebrating there. James Hahn is in the field this week. Let's go. Yes, Ooh. maybe he and Ricky will play together. James Hahn and Dylan Fratelli. Let's go. Sun sleeves himself. What a field. I have a pair of sun sleeves, actually. I do really? as well. I have some shooting sleeves because I'm. I old. wear them actually every single round. Uh, Nick would know that. Really? Uh, what are you just not a sunscreen guy? I, I hate sunscreen playing golf because, you know, you try and put it on, your hands get greasy. I think, I think sunscreen your grip on the club. I think sunscreen's so. a bit of a conspiracy theory myself. So. Here's the thing. I, I don't wear them. Like most of the time I don't wear them. Sometimes I use them as like, if it's just slightly chilly, but it's like not cold enough to actually wear a pullover. Sometimes just the sun sleeves plus of sweater vest is just a perfect combo, but also you use it for the temperature. No. Well, yeah, sometimes, but also I think what we need a couple years ago when we went on that trip to Iowa, Noah, yeah. And we that was like I had gotten a little Fun bit of trip. sun before that that year, but the the yeah. first day that we played 36, that was like my first like sunshine day. Yeah. And I was roasted like that whole night and the next day, the next couple of days I felt terrible. Dude, that's so, probably that's probably what got you. I mean, if you'd have been fully healthy, your team would have so probably gotten it done. And so that and yeah, so now I just have them in the bag to where it's like, you know, if it's if it's May or June, you know, it might be the first yeah. like really sunny day of the year and you feel like you're like midway through the round and it's like I'm well, convinced. Maybe getting, I just throw the sleeves on. You know, I'm convinced that lathering yourself it. in a cream, like a a paste, to prevent uh, SPFs from penetrating your epidermis layer, um, it just can't be good for you. I'm kind of and mostly, really. I hate the feeling of having sunscreen on. So yeah. I, if I, I will really try to avoid having sunscreen and, on while golfing, and if to at all Jang, possible. And to Jang's point, like. It, like it's hard to wash sunscreen off your hands. Like you no, it just scrub. gets slimier. You gotta go scrub that, and then if you like, just touch your arm, like on the first tee, it's like, well, now well, I have sunscreen yeah. back on and my hand. Yes, and it's like, yes. It's the other, worst thing ever. Other issues for me: one, if I would wash it off my hands, uh, my hands get really dry. Like I got really bad dry skin if my hands get wet. So then I have dry hands trying to play golf. That sucks, and I sweat a lot. So then I just sweat the sunscreen off and it gets in my hands. And so yeah. that so yeah. sucks in, in full swing. When they showed that clip of Matt Fitzpatrick, like it's like final round of the U S open, or maybe it was the third round. And he's just like lathering, like the lotion sunscreen, like all over his arms and not even the spray sunscreen. It's like, Oh, just, I remember like, that. I remember and I was like that. before the round and I'm like, I'm just triggered. Guy. I'm triggered watching this. <laughs> yeah. Like how does he win the U S open with greasy hands? <laughs> Nick, you mentioned Honestly, wearing them when you're chilly. This you is why. I, uh, one of my goodwill finds last week was a long sleeve golf polo. And I think we need to normalize the long sleeve golf polo. No, I agree. No. I agree. No, it, it's no, not. No, 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 Noah, no, look it up. Rory. Actually, maybe I'll just screen share. Uh, Rory Warwan yeah, at Riviera. 
Yeah. Um, it's it's so nice. Like if it's just a little chilly, like if it's a fifty dude, to just, sixty degree day, it's not cold enough for a pullover, but it's it's not oh, warm enough for a short sleeve. You just throw on the long sleeve. There's no there's no world in which you need it in between between a yeah. shirt and a pullover. There's yes, no there is. world. Yes, there there's many. There's been many around where I have what? started. So with your a polo. forearms your forearms are getting cold. Yeah, I've started with a polo, and it's like this polo is too cold. <laughs> I need the pullover, and then the pullover is too hot. You are tripping. Tell me that's not a good look on that. Rory. Is a sick tiger, look. Tiger looks good. Well, Tiger always looks good. Tiger's style is actually Tiger. not that good. We need to talk about how like we'll, Tiger's we'll come back. Tiger's to that, I sense of style you. has really never been that great. How about Tiger's sure, mark necks? Those are basically long sleeve polos. Those they're are just not polos. I like they're the not long necks. sleeve. Yeah, they're not sure. long sleeve or polos. So what do you mean they're long sleeve it, it polos? Just, it just Tiger's that. Tiger's mock necks. He wears a lot of them that are long sleeves. Like, look at the picture like, down. With, look at are the picture crazy? down. Look at the picture of Rory and Tiger right there. Which one? That one it's where he's one. wearing long white sleeves underneath uh, the vest. How do you know they're long sleeves? He's wearing a jacket over top. There's no that's not oh. a jacket, dude. A that vest. is a mock neck. That's like a dress shirt. <laughs> he's wearing a turtleneck. That's he's wearing a, a turtleneck sweater. <laughs> Look at that short sleeve shirt. This is good content. Like this that. is good. Good audio content. The, right the long okay. The long sleeve golf polos. They just look like cordyceps. No, they don't because they have buttons, genius. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, my I, bad. I, I like I like the look. I like Sorry, I, I didn't see that your jacket had that didn't have buttons from a hundred feet away on the golf course. See the thing is, well, I like don't the look, look at me on the I golf just, course. I, I don't I I like don't want the to. look. But I just am not gonna I'm probably just not gonna be one to buy long sleeve polos just because it's just it's just riskier. Cause what if you go play and then it gets too warm? You I don't can't care. Like, take off your long sleeve polo. I don't care. That's the thing. Like, I just, if you, you might as well just wear a polo. And I still, over I it. still am hung up on the fact that there's really never a temperature range in which I would rather have. Like, there's no zone in between t-shirt to quarter zip. Sixty-five cold, to seventy. If it's too cold, that's for, what I'm. That's basically what I'm saying. Though. If it's too cold for a, a t-shirt, you wear quarter zip. If it's too cold, the too hot for a quarter zip, you just take it off. But what if you're in between? Yeah. I played in a tournament last year that was so That's, in between. I would take you my, are. I would so take my quarter picky. zip you're off. So temperature picky. I would take my quarter zip off, and then after two shots, it would be way too cold. So I put the quarter zip back on, but then it's too hot and I'm sweating. Oh so I got to take it back off. You got to be Yeah. So me. that's when, that's when you do what I do. You put on the sweater vest. I had, I had the sleeves put, on too. Put on a sweater vest and the sleeves. Oh and then you I don't just, have a sweater golden. vest. I'm not cool. So I didn't you're saying, you dub. So you're saying the, I, I think saying, I agree yeah, with Noah here is that the temperature window for that to be the, the right outfit for the day is too small. It's just, it's not <laughs> worth having. It's, it's not reasonable at all. I like this. This is good. This is good. I think content. I think they're sick. You can think and, that uh, all you want. I was, yeah, I was you can wear them to the gym. You can wear them to the gym. Get a little bit extra sweat. Gym. Get a little bit of extra sweat so that you can uh, really cut some more weight. So I can drop from two fifteen to two hundred. Yeah. Let me go on Nike's website right now. Drop ninety five dollars on a long sleeve golf. Well, polo don't go to, to Nike. Gym. Go to Goodwill. But yeah. Five dollars, baby. Five dollars. You can wear anything you want to your local Planet Fitness. You don't. Need I don't to go to Planet long. Fitness. I go to the Watertown Community sure. Recreation Center. Sure. Now that I just well, dropped that, I'm getting. Legs, I'm getting so dos. Next time I go to the gym, I'm like five hundred fans walk up. 
<laughs> ask for autographs. They're going to say, oh, you're so much better than Noah on the podcast. Noah's an idiot. That's Nick, such I don't even know he's, who Noah sounds, is. That, Nick sounds yeah, so stuck up talking about the USGA and them changing their qualifiers. You're the most well-liked, down-to-earth guy on the podcast. You sound the best looking. You've probably got a really nice beard, and I bet Nick and Noah don't. Newsflash, they well, don't. I'm I obviously they, the best looking guy in the show. I hope they would know best that you have dress. a beard if they're looking at you. According to Lydia, I'm also so effing loud. So, Lydia, who's your favorite well, you character go. on the sh- on the podcast? Lydia, who's your favorite character on the podcast? She said me. No, That's she did not. I heard Noah in the background, but no. she's actually not answering. That's neither here but, nor there. Why are yeah, we at TGC Sawgrass? No, I just well, obviously, I wasn't like actually sitting in front of a big uncrustable box. I just wanted to get rid of that background and show you guys. Mm. I mean, I was just in the middle of it's kind of a bummer. Of, I, I was just in the middle of grinding on my game, and then you know, Good. had to get well, on the podcast it's, real quick. So. It's really late there. It's like eight fifty. It's probably a little chilly. You could probably use a long sleeve polo. Uh, do okay. we talk about okay. Corrales Punta Cana at all? I'm not over this. Who though. won? I'm okay, actually, this. yeah, we should just. I'm not. I'm not over this because okay, Matt Wallace so, won. Don't care. Didn't ask. Is, is he um, like Matt Wolf? No. Jenks, right, let's, if you, let's get if you were to wear a polo with sun sleeves, does that satisfy your condition? Yeah, that's the, okay. Yes, I agree because I need to follow up on that because if no, it doesn't. You had, no, no, no. Listen, <laughs> listen, listen. So you're playing in that tournament. All right. You I had the sun sleeves on. I had the sun sleeves on. Zip it. Zip it. You're playing in a tournament. You said you had the sweater vest and the sleeves on and you said it was still too cold. So please enlighten me as to how a long sleeve polo would have helped you in that situation because it would have been too cold for that as well. Noah, I can't believe you just missed everything I just said. What did you say? No, it wouldn't have been too cold as well because I'm wearing actual long sleeves. I don't. Not I, sun sleeves that are thinner than my epidermis layer. It's thinner than the Earth's crust. Oh my gosh, which is well, yeah, very thick. So <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, relatively you speaking, speaking out, hope your I'm, sleeves I'm, are thinner I'm than I'm wearing the sleeves yeah, sure. that are twice as thick as the sleeves that I would have been or I was okay, currently no, wearing. No, this is what I said. So if you're really playing, you're golfing, and you're wearing a polo, a sweater vest, and your sun sleeves, and it's too cold. This is. And and yet you're you're saying you're too cold. I was just said, please enlighten me as to how just a long sleeve polo would have helped in that situation. Because <laughs> yeah, you I wasn't wearing a sweater vest. You said you were. I don't <laughs> own a sweater vest. All right, well that needs to change. That's yeah, one thing we can all agree on. You can probably pick up a sweater vest. That, that's what I'm saying. The sun sleeves is is a nice little like. No. You, you get your sweater vest on, and then if your arms are still a little bit cold, you just you throw this throw the sunnies on, and it's really not that bad a look. Maybe you think it's a bad look, Noah. Do you think the sun sleeves is a bad look? Um, a little bit. Because because I'm open to the opinion that it is a bad look. No, like, would you rather? Would you be more likely to wear sun sleeves, sun sleeves or a long sleeve polo? Um, oh, that's a good question. Ooh. Yeah, probably. Honestly, probably give me the long sleeve polo. Here's my th- issue with sun sleeves: is let's say you're wearing them. Let's say you're wearing like two white ones, like Fratelli usually does. I like feel like I, I should see like I do. I feel but like very I rarely. should see your shirt. Like I feel like it, it should be a white undershirt. And then when I okay. don't see the undershirt, it's like, is that guy wearing a crop top or what's going on over here? A like, reverse crop like, top? Yeah, crop what, what we, it doesn't really sit well. Yeah, how can it? 
okay. Odd. All right. You know what? We just we just need to we just need to normalize the drip in golf. Like right, basketball players will wear double sleeves. Football players will wear double sleeves, and no one bats an eye. And then in golf, you know, we just wear the double sleeves, and, and would all you, of a sudden we got Noah judging us. Would what you if ever, I just wore one sleeve? <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, would oh, you ever no. wear one sun sleeve? Actually, no, no. I, I, I was, I was being very prestigious. I don't do it for the, you know, quote unquote. Oh, here's drip. what you got to do. You got to do the Tommy Gain, Tommy Gainey two gloves with two sun sleeves, and then maybe throw some iron and a, and a bucket ha- and a bucket hat. Oh, what was the name of that that one player? Uh, Reed something. Reed Howard, I think. Uh, he's a he's a pretty solid player. Was it? He, no, 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 no. He, it wasn't Reed Howard. It was uh, Reed Dubuk. Shut up! Nice. Shut up! Um, he wears double sleeves, double gloves, and like a safari hat. Like he he just and on always pants. Like he he just doesn't. He doesn't he get like any like, sun. Are you just are you are you are you trying to not make friends? Like I don't. What's let's see if I could find this guy. I I, I kind of like how ging- we've gotten is he into the ginger the... guy. Yes. Uh I looked up Reed Howard and I just got pictures of Andy Reed. I don't know how that makes sense. I mean, oh, it makes yeah, sense. He, he's he's fair skinned. Let's, let's he just little... looks like a legend. Here's here's another question for you. Right? Oh no! Oh no! That guy just looks like a winner. Shout out Reed Howard. He's a he's he's a good player. He has a really he does the Mo Norman swing. No, that makes like, look at worse. look at that setup. No. Um. Yeah. See, look at that setup. He does the Mo Norman move. That's I don't know what Mo Norman awful. is, but he's like a big single plane swing. All I know is yeah. Mo Mo money Mo problems. Yeah, I agree with that. I got ninety nine problems, but you guys are not one of them. We're not. No, you weren't no, one of ours for the last four weeks when you didn't show you, up for the show. You guys aren't one of them. There you're you two go. of them. You're two of them. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Jinx, um, do you do you have any a, other? Do you own a long sleeve polo, Jinx? Yeah, I do. I, that's why you're talking about it. Is because I bought one at Goodwill. Oh, I thought you were just saying this like in a hypothetical sense. This would be like no. I actually, I actually bought one. At, so okay, but is it is it like material you would actually wear golfing, or is it like if it was yeah, like, it's like a it's a golf polo? It's a golf polo. It's an Adidas golf polo, but it's long sleeves. Oh I don't. I don't want to remember, remember a few mer- down, but like a long sleeve uh-huh. shirt does not make me much warmer than a short sleeve shirt. Uh, I, I mean, it, it can definitely, it can definitely I just, help. I hate the sun. Years ago, do you guys remember a few years ago when Phil Mickelson was wearing those button up like? Yeah, no those look sunny. stupid. Those look stupid. I actually felt those like there was some of those Mizzen and Main shirts uh, in store like a week or two ago. They actually feel amazing. Do if they? I could, no. If, if, no. If I could afford a hundred dollars, no, I would wear them as like dress shirts, not actually golf shirts. But that they're like, imagine the best feeling golf polo you've ever felt, but just like that, like as a dress shirt. They feel best feeling golf actually. polo I've ever felt. What is a foot joy? No, bar none, foot joy. Yeah, Dude. but and just imagine that's how your dress shirt oh, feels. I did. I have my script for the year. I actually went shopping today, went to Aldi, dropped some money on some groceries, and all that money I saved, I said I'm going to splurge at Target. So I got my entire golf Ooh. script for the year at Target. Really? Just bought, hit us, hit us oh, I hope like, it's not the same. I got a get? golf shirt at Target literally yesterday. So I, hope, <laughs> I got. I, hope it's not I got the same. two of them. I love Uh-oh. Target clothes. Uh-oh. What did you get? What did you get? What'd you get? 
Is there a was it the striped one? Was it the striped ones? I didn't get a striped because those striped ones those look kind of sick, like the white or the pink ones with the stripe. Like, did you get the 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 light yellow polo? No, I Lydia loved it, but I I already have a Puma one that looks kind of like that, so I didn't get it. I got the uh, the blue camo and the green camo. Oh, I didn't see any Uh, camo ones. And uh, with that, I got some some navy shorts, some khaki shorts, and I got a pair of those olive shorts where I have the pants already. To go with the green Jeez. polo, and then a couple of weeks ago, I You're got wearing some. olive shorts with a green polo. It's no, it's like a, it's like a, like a more of a tannish color. Do polo. we need an intervention here? No, no, I know I'm colorblind. Like you're wearing olive with tan. No, it looks good. That's a good combo. All tan is really good. All tan is a timeless. That's a timeless but combo. A couple of weeks ago, I got some green shorts. They were like during St. Patrick's Day. They were like St. Patrick's green. Um. That'll go really well with my my Under Armour floral shirt. So I, I've just really upped my script for this year. I can get rid of some of those old shirts that I never wear anymore. I did not uh, know we'd be talking about this. On, those on old this Puma shirts that I have that like I just don't wear. I can get rid of a couple of those. Hey, um, Noah, do you think we should still be talking about this? Oh, and also, also at Target, they, uh, they had a sale on Tommy John's. So I bought myself some Tommy John's too. Hey, hey Noah. Nick, here's what um, here's what I'm talking about. Here's this. what I'm gonna propose. We each print out like stop signs on a piece of paper, and then when Jangs just gets a little too far down a, one of his rabbit holes, we just kind of we yeah. put him up. And if we, and if he gets two stops, then we veto power him, and we have to move on. It's like getting the X's on America's Got Talent. It's like yeah, I've got a sign for it's you. It's like our systems of checks and balances within our podcast. It's like uh, it's our constitution. Here, you can have those signs. Here's my sign. I can't. Oh no! It's it says I I love you guys. You're my favorite podcast. There's, there's your sign, time. Nick. That's just for you. Uh oh. Is that Uh-oh. in English? Is that in English? I can't read it. Can you read it out loud for me? Yeah, it says. By your truck. No, it says that. No. Why would you say oh, that? Oh boy! Dude? Why would you say that to me? What Nick? Yeah, why would you say that? What Nick, Nick's giving us an uh oh? He did he lose the show? No, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. Oh, you're just saying uh oh. No, but speaking of, is speaking there of seriously not here, an emoji of a stop sign? There's just that <laughs> that's red a red circle. Um, <laughs> but talking about script though, Bogey Train merch will be coming soon. Uh, oh, I have no promises on that. And soon, <laughs> soon is uh, up for interpretation. Uh, soon is a relative term. Yeah. Uh, my hat will be coming soon when I customize it myself and have a hat for the year. Well, we got to get. Yeah. Okay. Well, we will talk about that off air probably, but yeah, definitely. Merch, merch is in the future. How far in the future? Who knows? Potentially. Merch All right. Or quick, did you tours update? Uh, <laughs> you got a oh, shoot. I was going to go get water quick. Merch uh, yeah. is neither early nor late. Uh, quick you get water, you can get water. Okay. Yeah. You guys do an ad read while I go get water. Okay. An ad read, please. Yeah. So. No, should we do some, you, uh, we should do what's in the bag videos. I think you should. That'd be Have, good. Has anything changed in your bag at all that, ever? That'd be some good. You? That'd be some good like content that we could just do every week and then. Like we'd have some really good regular content off of that. We could just what's in the bag. It would be the same every week. Unless, except I keep changing no, but putters. Like, yeah. Yours will be very interesting. And they'll be able to come back and be like, oh, did he, did he buy anything new this week? I don't know. Maybe I'll tune in. Unlikely. Um, I, I might, I'm probably going to get a couple new wedges pretty soon, but 
It's okay, just like I'll, a, I'll tell you what's in my a, bag, and then you tell me if you've heard anything new in this bag. Um, Betonardi putter is that new to you? Or no? Do you even know the model? A BB one, not a big deal. BBC. Um, what's the length of it? BBC. Uh, you want to see it? That's uh, in my car. I think it's thirty-five. It's pretty tall. I'd definitely right, well, be down to I've do got, some what's in the bag videos. I've got SM8. One of my favorite things is when you see what's in the bag videos of like the pros, they will explain like random things that are in their golf bag and like why. I like like that. Obviously the clubs is cool, but then like other things that they carry with them or oh, you know, like, things like, like that. Like for me, it'd be like, yeah, here's bag number one of my crown royal bags. That is uh where I put my tees. Here's another one where I put all my ball markers. Yeah. Exactly. Here's my here's, ball marker. It's a hundred dollar <laughs> aces chip. Here's where I keep all my, my drink packets for when I get thirsty on the course and I don't want to drink just water. So I have like a lemonade mix packet in there. Um, and there's the pouch where I keep my bottle of vodka after I miss three straight birdie putts from inside 10 feet. All right. Quick TGC tours update and foursome of the week. I'm running up against a, a time wall here. Oh no. Uh, quick TGC tours update. Another made cut last week. So we've made Woo-hoo. four in a row now. Come on. Uh, Got a streak going. That's the wrong tournament. Um, T33 last week. Course was playing really easy. Uh, Had two 59s, a 60, and a 62. And that was only good enough for 33rd. Um, It was kind of a birdie fest out there. There were some short holes, some easy holes. But, you know, the game was the game. Putter sucked, as usual. I'm just a terrible putter. Um, And, yeah. So still on Kinetic, no promotion marks as of now. This week, though, is a qualifying event on the Platinum Tour for the the Legends Tournament. It's also known as the Firethorn Open. So, Okay. Uh, Where's it being played at? I. It's a great question. It's being played at... Is it played at Lone Grove? There's no way they're playing it at Lone Five Grove. Five points Ridge. Oh, okay. And currently the leading score is 18 under. So that'll be a tough one to make it through. I think top 10 make it through or something like that. So, Well, you never know. <clears throat> could could throw, throw down some good numbers and uh, make that. But All yeah. right. Should we get to our little uh, – it's been a while since we did a foursome of the week. So this week we're doing our favorite events that are not majors. Oh, let's go. Yes. So it's so, all the majors are wiped out. They're blown off the face of the earth. Augusta National yeah. catches fire. The USGA uh, is revolted against for rolling back the ball. Same with the RNA. And then the PGA of America just ceases to exist. They fall apart. So this, we, have pick, we have to pick four new majors. This one's going to be yeah. easy for me because I don't even like the majors. But wow. once one is off the board, it it's is gone. You cannot pick it. So mm-hmm. if whoever hopefully you know overall, how our how our snake draft system yeah, works by now. Whoever has first overall, if they pick uh, you know, the CJ Cup, nobody else can pick the CJ Cup. Ooh, there's a hot one right there. Okay. I'm gonna do the random number generator. <laughs> All right. How many numbers are there? <clears throat> it's between one and a hundred. I'll guess first because I think guessing first kind of puts you at a disadvantage. So I'm gonna guess fifty-one. I'm going to guess uh, my f- lowest number on golf ever. I'm going to guess 66. Give me 13. Um, Low ball. Okay. I was going to just 
pull it up and screen share it, but that's too much work. So I'll just do it on my other screen here. I trust um, you. Unless it happens. To I don't 88. 88. Yes. So Jengs. All right. Yeah. Jengs yes. picks first. Yes. Uh, yeah. I think I pick second then. Okay. Yep. That's fine. I'll take and two. Noah picks last. Back uh, to back. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the easy one off the board. It's the fifth major. Uh people always talk about it's the players' championship. It's just no doubt about okay. it. It's too easy. Yep. It's too easy. Uh, so I have to take the players. Okay. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. Um oh that was loud. Sorry. Um sound good though. I am gosh, I haven't even thought about this that much. There's one that I am thinking I maybe want. I don't want it to be taken off the board though. I'm gonna take the memorial. Ah, good pick. Good pick. Why? Uh, I, I I like Muirfield Village. It's Jack's event. And uh yeah, I I've heard great things about the milkshakes. So I I want Ooh. I want to try one of those milkshakes. Someday. I actually you are a milkshake guy. Listening to another podcast, I heard stories about Muirfield Village. Uh about two months before the tournament goes on, they put up a bunch of fences around the course so people can't just walk on and mess around. Um and these fences, they had they had spikes on the top. And one day, the maintenance crew there, they showed up to work. And they along one of the border fences, there was a deer that had tried to jump over the fence and impaled itself on the fence. So, so that sounds pretty sick. Uh, but yeah, just a nice little... That's what I always think of when I think of Mirfield Village now. All right. Noah, you've got your picks. Pick. All right. Um, I will take... The Mayakoba Live Golf Invitational as my Here first we pick. Go. Oh my gosh. And please elaborate. It's the one of the best tournaments that's not who, on the PGA Tour. So who, who won that event uh this year, Noah? Um just give me one sec. I just need to think about that for a sec. I think I think Nick and I know already know um, it. Yeah. I'm looking it up. Yeah, I just had to reach deep in my memory vault, and uh, I want to say Charles Howell, the either the second or the third, but I could be wrong on that. Shut up. <laughs> um, no, okay. I'll take. No, I'm not taking the Mayakoba. Take it off the board. Oh, oh, okay. Well, I thought you were serious, honestly. <laughs> um, I'll take the Waste Management Open. Good. Um, okay. That's a good pick. Yeah. Good pick. Can't believe that got through. Honestly, that's just absolutely phenomenal that made down to my board and then i'll take the 3m open because shout oh. out to bz twin cities back to back i, I like courses. that yeah wow home, yeah for someone I'm a hometown who is, boy what can i say for someone who's supposedly you know not a pga tour fan you know a live guy he's taking two tpc courses i, I grew i grew up on those greens and by grew up on i mean i mowed them for two years so yeah, I was it's, I was considering picking the three M open with one of my picks. So that's cutting a, grass and slapping. All right, stuff. back, it, back is, to me. Noah is uh, TPC a walk mow or a triplex mow kind of course? Um, it's back to back. I mean, obviously during the tournament we uh, we push mow, but they triplex on the weekends and push mow on the weekdays. Hmm. Very nice. How many people push mode? Did you split it in like sets of six? Like uh, one person took six, one person took six, another person took six, or front, one guy front nine, one guy back nine. Oh, okay, that's like your whole day, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, it's a I mean, long it's, time. It's, it's like we had usually had like two guys, maybe hopscotching on days we needed to move, but yeah. And when it's a bigger course like that, the drive from green to green is a lot longer than you know maybe yeah. when we worked uh, some grounds crew jings. 
Yeah, we could just. Yeah, drive it's all them just over. open grass. Yeah, yeah. 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 We had, we had two guys on each side. Now that I say it, we hopscotch each other. Oh, okay. So okay. We would mow like four or five greens in the morning. Okay. Yeah, that's not bad though. All right, my second pick. I'm gonna go with the BMW yes. at Wentworth. Yes. Uh, yes. The BMW PGA Championship at Wentworth. Does that count as a? Did we specify PGA Tour or is it just any tournament? No, any tournament. Okay. Oh, just non-major tournaments? I thought we specified yeah. PGA Tour, but... No, yeah. why? Because well, that's I, not a PGA Tour event. So. Well, because James no, I'm saying, to but pick, why would we specify just PGA Tour? James wanted to pick I some corn... Know. He wanted to pick some corn fairy events. I don't know. That's like replacing your Open, though. Uh, so that's that's understandable. Yeah. I, lo- I like the BMW PGA. Wentworth, a good course, a good yeah. event. Yeah. It's a fun yeah. watch. Yeah. Coffee golf, as they say. Oh, I love a little coffee golf. And speaking yeah. of coffee golf... uh. My next pick is another kind of coffee golf course. You wake up, you watch it. It's uh, It always kind of gets you in the mood because it's the week before the Open. It is the Ooh. Genesis Scottish Open at the Renaissance Club. Okay. Uh, That's love a good the one. Renaissance Club. Love the Genesis See, I don't Scottish like Open. the course, though. I liked when they used I, to go to more traditional Lynx courses. I love the Renaissance Club. Yeah. Uh, and I, I also love it simply for the fact that nobody knows. Everyone thinks it's the Renaissance Club, but it's actually the Renaissance Club. So you get the the golf sticklers it, out there. Yeah, it was a it was a a number of months ago when I realized that it's actually not the Renaissance Club. It's the like Renaissance. For, for a couple of years on a no laying up, they always talk about it, and they always would say the Renaissance Club. And I thought they were just messing around. Like I thought that was just TC being a a funny guy, but it's actually the Renaissance yeah. Club. So all right, you get another pick here. Uh, my other pick, uh, Nick. You took Jack's event, so I'm going to take Arnie's event. I love Arnold Palmer. I love the Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill. I love oh, the course. Uh, you know, and nothing nothing makes me better than a week of the API. Puma always drops their API script. That is, that is true. That you is always true. get some sort of uh, Puma Arnold Palmer gear every year. Uh, and it's a good excuse to just drink Arnold Palmer's all week. You know, the Masters I do that has, anyway. The Masters has the, the peach ice cream sandwiches, which they're actually getting rid of. No, um, and are you the serious? Arnold Palmer Invitational as the Arnold Palmer. So, so that's the worst news I've heard all day. Yeah, they're getting rid of it. They're replacing it with something else. I I heard oh, maybe bigger peach sandwich. I think it's I think it's berry. I think it's berry. No, so dust. Yeah, it's apparently the peach okay. production in Georgia has been lacking a little. Dude, bit. Dude, have I I've told you guys this before? But I haven't seen this. I've been down here. I've been living here for like eight months now. I haven't seen one single peach. <laughs> that's hilarious yeah i know yeah peach production all right with my third pick this is gonna cut against some of my previous takes but uh i'm gonna go with the genesis invitational at riviera yeah. formerly yeah. known as the la open uh part of its history as the la open is part of why i'm selecting it because it, so it does have a bit of a bit of a history there um, so we've got uh, Jack's event, we've got Arnie's event, now we've got Tiger's event. So, uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, I'm sort of sort of selecting it as the former LA Open, but it's currently the Genesis Invitational at Riviera. All right, now I get two, right? Yep, your last two. Um, can I take the Tour Championship at East Lake? You can. Yep. That's a good pick. That's what I was going to take with my last pick. Well, suck it. And then I will take for my last pick. I'll take the RBC out at uh, what's that place called? 
Harbortown? Harbortown. Yeah. Okay. Partially because Harbortown's sick and partially because you get a cool plaid jacket when you win. And I think yeah, that, it's like a, I think that'd be someone, fun. Isn't it tartan jacket? Trophy. Isn't that what they I call it? Yeah, maybe technically. I don't hate that pick. It's a, it's a designated event this year. So, okay. I've got, we got to think a little bit here. Um, so I've got one more event. Would maybe go with I'm trying to think of having like a different type of golf course too. That's the thing. Maybe the match play. I'm going to go with the match play. You're going to pick a event. tournament that is going to not exist after this year. Yes, but is, I think it'd be really we cool. We skipped were... over. Wait, uh, what? What was up with that? I I just kind of assumed that it was going to be like someone else sponsoring it when the guy was like the last. Oh yeah, Adele. no, it's actually yeah. There's there's uh, they didn't renew for Austin Country Club, so there's definitely no more at Austin Country Club. And the way it looks right now, there's not going to be another match play event. This was, I think, the last of all the WGCs, and at least as it is for now, the last of the match play. So. But, you're, so you're saying there's room for possibly three guys, let's say, to create a match play tournament for the PGA Tour? Yes, the bogey train sure. match play event. Well, I'm not. I'm not saying who or you know, but just, maybe, maybe the match play. Just observing. Just, I am just like a- just like how back in the day the PGA Championship used to be a match play event. So one of the four majors being a match play. But all right, uh, one more for you, Jenks. I'm in a tough spot here, boys, because uh, I already have a European event on the calendar to to kind of rival the 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 Open. But there's just something about now, you know, the tournament. It's just I can't do that. I can't do that. It's not a good tournament. I can't pick that. So I got to think a little bit longer. Um, I'm looking at the PGA tour schedule. I'm searching, I'm searching for a tournament that sticks out to me. You know, I could pick the PGA championship. That'd be a really good one. Um, what? <laughs> no, uh, I'm going to take, no, I'm not going to do that either. Cause I actually have a good list. I don't want to mess my list up. Um, I guess there, there's no other tournament I can really pick. Every other tournament on tour is kind of booty. We haven't we haven't tapped into the LPGA or Live. Just want um, to throw that out there, or the Champions Tour. Because here's here's my thoughts here. I could really take the Travelers because it's a designated event. I could take the Pebble Beach Pro Am, but you can't have a Pro Am as a major. I could take you know I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Travelers Championship, last designated okay, event. I don't, I don't hate um, that. Uh, and if it's a designated event, it's got to be. It's got to be something special. Uh, my other pick I was going to go with was the Dun- the Dunhill Lynx. Okay, I don't hate but that one either. That's also that's a also pro-am. it's yeah, it's a pro am, so it does can't really fit in as a major uh, the way it is right now. But the Dunhill Lynx, you know, the old course, Carnoustie and King Barnes, uh, three really sick courses actually. I thought uh, about I thought about picking the Travelers, but since I already had the Memorial, I figured it's very similar course type, so. Yeah, I decided not to go with it. Yeah, and I kind of spread my wealth. You know, I got a I got a linksy course with uh I say linksy, it's not a links, it's links like with 
uh, the Renaissance. I got the players. I got the API. So I got a couple Florida tournaments, but yeah. Uh, a uh, um, honorable mention would be the U.S. Amateur because that used to be considered a major back in the Bobby Jones days. Oh, back in the Sam Sneed days, everything was a major. Um, yeah. There'd be a four a four man skins game that counted but, as a major. All right, so Jing's got the players, the Scottish Open, the Arnold Palmer Invitational, and the Travelers Championship. Very good list. I have the Memorial, the BMW PGA, uh, Riviera, and the Match Play. And Noah's got Phoenix Open, the 3M Open, the Tour Championship at East Lake, and the RBC Heritage. I um, those I, are all pretty solid. I I like. I'd, if I had to pick one, I'd be between yours and mine, Jags. That's that's kind of the way I am too. Uh, you know, you've got the match play in there, which if I were to pick the USAM, we could add a couple match play uh, majors in there. But I think we both have solid lists. Noah, I'm not going to say yours is terrible. You have a really, really good list. Uh, you know, the Tour Championship in there. Maybe with the the way that it's set up now with people starting 10 shots ahead of others, kind of a Mickey mouse yeah, major, but ch- yeah, probably have to change that. I major, think, that, that I think setup. Nick's, li- I think Nick's list is by far the outlier worst list here. Uh, wow. Another, says, he says the players and Bay Hill, which is huge. And then just two like whatever tournaments, uh, another couple honorable mentions though, the John Deere classic, which is often dubbed the fifth major as well. Uh, and then the, the Zurich classic, the team event at new Orleans also, Interesting could have a team event major. Yeah, not not a huge fan of that one, but um anything else I might have to might have to cut it, but um the last quick thoughts. I I don't think so. You know, next week we have the the Valero Texas. We're we're rooting for Ricky. He needs the win this week to get into the Masters. So everybody, we need everybody that listens to to cheer for Ricky. Um, to to get into the Masters. Otherwise, you know, the Masters is only two weeks away. It's eleven days till the Masters begins. It's uh, it's about to be golf time, and we got some days in the forties coming up up here, Nick. Yeah, I'm basically just really looking forward to being able to hopefully play some golf in the near future. Because yeah, like Noah touched on, I've got some, got some, you know somewhat important golf coming up. It's all, it's always hard when you got like a, you know, pretty real event scheduled for like the first day of May and you never James, know what's going to James how's simulator league going for you. Um, not good. Define. I, uh, I, I have lost my swing. Uh-oh. I, I have completely lost the driver. Am um, I to blame for this? No, my, my, they, they re returfed the simulator so the tee doesn't sit the same height as it did before. Oh my gosh. Well, how are you so, supposed to play? How are you supposed so to play? now I'm hitting it a little <laughs> low off the driver face. My average driving distance now is 255. That's you know there's you know good. there's different tee options, right? I'm already Nick. hitting I'm hitting the longest tee. Nick, what are you talking about? So I, I that's, have to, that's not great. I'm going to have to figure something out because the game has not been good. Considering those uh, about golf simulators, it's pretty easy to hit bombs on those. I know. I, I'm really struggling. Uh, so, yeah, he doesn't. He really doesn't want to see the ball rolled back at this no, point. No, I'll be hitting at 210. <laughs> That's not what we need. 
Especially, especially with the two man coming up in a couple months here, two and a half oh, months. I'll have it dialed in by then. I'll probably have to go through a little take two basically weeks at off. your home, basically at your home course too. Yeah. Yeah. Former, one of my former home courses. So, um, Noah, did you say you're coming back up to the, the Midwest this next weekend? Yeah. Taking my, uh, taking me and myself out to the old Atlanta airport on Tuesday and flying up for a week. So what, what for just because, um, I'm going to this concert. Uh, it's kind of like an indie, an indie guy. You probably haven't heard of him. His name is John Mayer. He's, you can probably check him out. He's pretty oh, good. John, John Mayer. Mayer. <laughs> kind of a maybe going to be a, a Landon Paul. Are He's you, kind are of you a low-key under-the-radar guy. Are yeah. you going to be slow dancing in a burning room? Oh, you know. You know it. You know, what's Gravity. what's the what's the better what's the better concert? So you're going to that one. Um, I actually went to a wife, concert last night, too. My my wife is going to one uh, in June. I'm not sure if you've heard of her. Um, it's like the two... The, it's called like The Eras or something. Oh, is it like, um, is it like Tyler... Tyler Smith or something like that. Yeah. You know, you know, yeah. funny, funny something thing like that. Yeah. is that me and my fiance are going to that exact same concert. Dude, I heard, room. I heard the Tyler Smith so. concert tickets were going for like a thousand dollars. Oh yeah. I, yeah, I looked was, today. Big, big fiasco. People yeah. just love Tyler Smith. I don't know why. Yeah. I, I looked today on, on game time uh, and to get two tickets on the upper bowl of us bank stadium uh, that are together is a thousand dollars per ticket yeah it's like low okay, not it's bad, like lower no. than they were not bad so it's a pretty good deal actually i didn't know you were a swifty dude yeah i thought for first first i thought uh it was like a baseball concert like the eras or something yeah but i didn't know what was <laughs> no I'm, I'm not actually going it's just just my wife and some friends from yeah. work i figure i figure since i'm not a big swifty Almost like can't in good conscience take a spot from someone who might be a, a who huge is a Swifty Swift yeah huge Swifty that's such a it's nice cool. like, you're, you're just a good guy it's it would it, de- it would be a cool concert to Public see service. just because it's, you know one of the biggest you know, I mean you you would know you would know time. a lot of her songs I assume well now I do my wife yeah, plays I, them all the time I don't, I don't know, know she's, prepar- she's preparing I, can I give Rachel Mahold a shout out here really quick yeah Rachel just, yeah. just for liking Taylor Swift All right. yeah, I the amount of Taylor the- Swift I've heard in the past few months like <laughs> is about 25 times more than I'd heard in my entire life previously that's good she's culturing you yeah, I, I looked at true. the set list and there was a lot of songs I didn't know uh, and Lydia's obviously a pretty big Swifty and she listens to it quite a bit so what, what's your okay Jenks here's a question what's your favorite what's, what's your favorite ERA of Taylor Oh, my favorite, my favorite ERA. I do. I did Bad love Taylor. Taylor. Like when I was younger, I would listen to the country Taylor. Um, yeah. But no, like recent Taylor, like kind of uh, the Taylor's version albums. Yeah. I loved all of them. So I kind of, I kind of agree with that. I like, I like, uh, I like, pop, I, I like post country pop I, Taylor the best. I love, I love the indie Taylor. Like my yeah. favorite songs are the indie songs. Wait. So uh, do you like, do you like the new ones like folklore and ever and ever? Yeah, ever, yeah, ever, yeah. Whatever? You like the yeah, new ones? Okay. The only one the we didn't really like. Uh, Lydia, which one's the one you don't like? Folklore. Yeah, and um, it's growing on me, but it's not what I want to go see in concert. Yeah, Lydia's yeah. not a big fan of folklore. Like, I feel that. I just Wait. I like the indie sounding songs. Ask Lydia um, what her favorite what her favorite album is. I want. Lydia, what's I your favorite album here? Fearless. Okay. I, I'm a, I would say I'm a, I like red. I'm a red, uh, red fan. This is something that should be on the bogey train derail. Oh, we get derailed. Yeah. That we don't need to be pod. doing this, right here. This we get really, derailed yeah. at the end of every pod. <laughs> yeah. 
No, it's yeah, it's good. This this would be a good conversation. We can chop it up. I also uh, my my time wall sort of went away, so that's why I'm, I'm not. Oh, gonna, oh, well, not, maybe. I mean, I'm still not going to stay on forever, but um, maybe we cut it right now and we record a 20 minute derailed episode about Taylor Swift. I would say my my least favorite Taylor era would be Reputation Taylor. Yeah, oh, bad yeah. girl, bad girl Reputation. Taylor. Reputation. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I liked 1989. Yeah, I liked just I liked the 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 re- immediate post country Taylor when it wasn't like just country, but then Speak when it was now, like when it was like like, like Red and Twenty Two. Like, red and is stuff the like Red is the best red, album she's red, ever made. Red is decent, uh, but yeah, like the Reputation that sort of era. That that one's not my. Yeah. probably my least favorite but then but now, now she's like, like last last couple of years taylor is like the it, super oh, you, it, super it, indie taylor's back. When, taylor's back when she dropped uh which one was it was it fearless taylor's version uh, i when really like that i would listen to that on end on the mower at cattail <laughs> like Dude, i would just she's good she's i would start it in the morning when music. i started mowing and i would listen to the entire album throughout the day and then restart it, it a I lot of the, I, a lot I, of the I lyrics to- are very very good too like anti-hero i think like i think like a very very well done like yeah. there's there's just a lot it's, that one would say it's done all too well yeah <laughs> there you go the 10 minute version 10 minute version obviously <laughs> i saw um i saw there was a uh um hey a golf.com journalist her name is claire rogers are you familiar yep, with yep when, uh during the phoenix open a number of weeks ago she was she posted a picture and she was like right by where the dj's stand was on the 16th hole and she's like don't mind me just plugging in my ox and putting on the all too well 10 minute version <laughs> imagine <laughs> that's what was playing at you the would 16th get hole every at- you would get everybody in the crowd belting out oh yeah uh the the chorus to that yeah. I saw, and I saw with their, of, with their beers in hand yeah, and everything. They, dude, everyone might was be crazy first, first episode of derailed is a deep dive on Taylor and we'll get Rachel on too. <laughs> we should I'll have Lydia on too. We'll have a, a huge Taylor derailed episode. I saw, I saw a clip on my phone of Trevor Zegras. He's a hockey player in NHL. I don't I actually don't know what team he plays for. I should, but he was like in the penalty box. The Does Sin he play Min, for the wild? The Sinbin, if you will. I don't know. Or is it um, the Islanders? Couldn't tell you, but love story came on like during a break and he was just, or it was it was one it was some taylor song he was just like like singing along in the penalty box to taylor swift it was great class yeah, a vibe uh taylor, he plays for the the ducks oh yeah taylor i mean taylor just brings people together she does she is the you can't you can't knock her for that the i was at i was at a a, a, a local concert a week ago for saint patrick's day here in athens georgia big like indie kind of local music scene in athens classic but these guys were doing like a bunch of covers of like Blink One Eighty Two and and pop punk stuff, and they they did a they did a love story at the at like one of their That's last great. songs, That's and great. everyone everyone was like kind of vibing the whole time. But when Love Story came out, like people were just going like ape. They did were they, going absolutely bonkers. It was were sick. they were they like a pop punk cover band? Like did they have that pop punk sound to it? And they oh were yeah, singing Love Story. Like that's yeah. sick. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just great. Where are you? You know. They yes. Had, <laughs> yes. Good stuff. All right, well, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure as always. I think I'm going to get back to uh, hitting some balls right behind me here. So yeah, it's, it looks like you're dealing yeah. with the turf today. I hope you don't mess up your wrist. Uh, yeah, I think I think we'll be all right. Yeah, they said his mats only today. I was bummer. a little bummed, yeah. but whatever. You know, what I might just step forward, hit hit some off the grass. It's, what it's still do? pretty. It's still pretty bright there for being 9:30 though right now, Nick. Yeah, I think they got the lights on. So oh, okay, yeah, yeah. The uh, sun's like reflecting off the cloud cover or something. 
Yeah. I don't really know. So, <laughs> all right. Well, that'll, uh, that'll be out. We'll, we'll talk to you guys next week and, uh, who knows, we may, may bring, uh, may bring some, some derailed content on the way. So yeah, the only problem is it's going to be a little bit of, uh, a little bit of work to actually get another separate podcast. Here's what, I don't know. If yeah, I do just, we do we have to? Couldn't we just post like on the Bogey Train account and no, just have it be you, derailed? You could. It's a little like less. Kind of messes up the flow. Yeah, you want you kind of want it to have its own. Yeah, you know, your art yeah, and all that yeah, sort of stuff. But yeah, I'll, but, here's what I'll do: is I'll take I'll take the intro theme and I'll just have like the sound of a. a vehicle crashing and i'll just slap it on the end of it i'll just cut it like well it's got stuck on that yeah just, just like a weird like record scratch like it, and then like yeah. the sound of a crash yeah it should be like i just got stuck in a bogey train and then when the music normally is have a record scratch and then like yeah. a train horn and then yeah, a, a horn that's good the train yeah. horn. that's funny <laughs> yeah and then that's the that'd be the the intro for that and then it just comes in and we're just like yelling at each other about yeah Taylor Swift. Yeah. Or it doesn't sick. even have to have the bogey train like intro. It could just be, you know, sort of just the, tr- the train. Could just be the train. You, you could like you could make up a new little jingle and then there's like yeah. a train horn kind of like, you know, a in the background. And then a yeah. I feel like we need the record I feel like the record scratch makes the whole thing though. It'd be like I just got and then like, like yeah, like our people know our podcast obviously by the beginning of like I just got stuck in a bogey train. Yeah. So if you're listening to that and then you hear that kind of scratch out, you're like, whoa what's happening and then you hear the crash and we're just we're talking about taylor swift instead of talking about yeah. tiger woods it's, it's good i mean we need to put it's good to put some serious effort into your your sound bites at the beginning yeah. of your podcast watch our uh, derailed will be a more successful podcast than the bogey oh, train for sure <laughs> <laughs> i mean a much, real, a much wider real audience stuff. yeah a much wider audience oh and we could we could plug the podcast on each show you know we plug the bogey <laughs> yeah. train we get you know, thousands of listeners. Second swing finally sponsors us. Back over. I'm I'm waiting for a Kirkland sponsor. That's Dude, my I'd, goal. I would vie with some Kirkland clubs. Honestly, I would take Sam's Club, Maker's Mark. I'd say, but I would say if we have whatever. the best chance of getting any sponsorship, might be Second Swing, just because of we, you know, our connections. But we, we do have some connection to Second Swing. We have a connection to Second Swing. Yeah, he was on the podcast last week. I don't know if you knew that. Oh. You weren't cool. you weren't on when he was on. I so. was on the podcast last week, though. Does he know that I was on the podcast? Probably he not. He does not. No, unless he listened to it, which That's I don't know. I highly doubt it. I actually yeah. did for like the first time. I actually, I actually listened to one of our episodes last <laughs> week. I had quality control, d- double digit text, Snapchats, uh, DMs of people like, "Yeah, I just listened to last week's show. Like that was that was really good." And these are people that didn't usually listen to the show, so. I, I did see a little bit of a bump in our yeah, analytics. We, we got the here. we got the bump, and uh, I mean Drew didn't. We didn't even get the Drew bump because he didn't post it. Yeah, really. Yeah. It's just so, the Drew Mahold effect, I guess. I, I think last week was probably one of our best episodes we've ever done. Uh, so if you didn't listen to last week and you're at this stage of the podcast, you made it through the derailed uh, Taylor's version, then you should go back and. Oh, that's, and listen. That's what I was going to say. I purposely though, I go back and listen to her producer's versions. So I give them the money. <laughs> We're staying strong in Belgium, which I don't know. We if still it, got our Belgian guy. Yep. Shout out, Tom. Yeah. Maybe we got to get Thomas Peters on. He's here. a real one. He was on foreplay. He was Talked about live. All right. Well, I'm hungry. I got to yep. go eat some food. So, all right, boys. Let's take care. Yep. Peace out. And, Have uh, a good week. Boogie train. Stay on. Stay off. Good luck with your driver, Jangs. Yeah, I hope I figure it out. I might need to get a chauffeur. To drive me around, maybe, maybe just maybe just cut it down a half an inch. Maybe the, 
Yeah, maybe there's just like a crack a in the face or something. That's what I started doing. I'm like, is my face dented? Like, I am just hitting it so bad. It might have taken we'll it to the shaft. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the, like more you, uh, the more you take off, I hear the better you hit it. So Apparently. Take three inches. He's, he's, he's going to have like an 18-inch driver. <laughs> he's like, guys, I hit the center of the face every time, though. Goes like 88 yards. <laughs> but like every time, so. Yeah, it doesn't matter as long as it's center of the face. <laughs> Smash fast. Right. <laughs> Smash. <laughs> Take care, five. boys. We'll see you next Peace time. Out. See you next time. I just got stuck in a bogey train. Mm-hmm.